This is M.I.P. With Masamela Mafuma. Mark Thompson. Get woke. Ladies and gentlemen, we are six months into the implementation of the infrastructure plan that President Biden and Secretary of Transportation Pete Buttigieg introduced. We want to hear all about it. We welcome back to Make It Plain. Pleasure to have him again, Secretary of Transportation Pete Buttigieg. Mr. Secretary, how are you today? I'm great. Thanks for having me on. Looking forward to talking about this, uh, this really important milestone and everything we've been able to do. Well, let's let's get into it. Uh, how much progress have we made? So we've already seen about $110 billion of funding being made available. That's allowing states and local communities to get the ball rolling on projects they've been wanting to do for a long time, but had to hold off because they didn't know if the funding was going to be there. Uh, we've also been moving toward getting more of those pipes fixed around, fixed around the country, uh, getting more internet access to every American. Uh, really proud of, of what we've been able to achieve, but I should stay. I mean, this is, of course, very early in these programs. Uh, we're, we're six months out from the law being signed. Uh, every week we're launching something new. Today, for example, uh, just released a billion dollars in funding that, that uh, communities will be able to tap into as they're seeking to make their communities safer. It's called Safe Streets and Roads for All program. Uh, we've got far too many deaths uh, on our roadways in, in, uh, for pedestrians and uh, in car crashes, and uh, we can do something about that. Everything from uh, seemingly small improvements like traffic, uh, traffic, calming, uh, crosswalks and lighting, all the way through to the full redesign of a dangerous intersection. That's just one example of what we're getting underway thanks to this funding. And this is going to be the work of a decade to see all of these projects through. And so 53 states, I believe, this has required the appointment of actual infrastructure coordinators, correct? That, that's that's right, yeah. So but part of what we've already seen done, and the reason it's 53 and not 50 is that you've also got territories and in, in, in D.C. Uh, getting in on this, uh, is uh, making sure that, that they have uh, the, the people in place to help quarterback all of this. Look, we've got a lot of different programs uh, that have been created through this legislation. We've encouraged the states to set up a point person who can help navigate how to get that funding to communities. And one thing in particular we're paying attention to right now is a lot of smaller communities uh, or lower income communities that have not always benefited from federal dollars that really could use it to improve an intersection or, or extend uh, the availability of transit or, or get rid of a railway crossing or something else that would make a big difference. But they, they found it too complicated to even apply for federal funds. Uh, so because we're encouraging states to put these infrastructure coordinators in, and my department is getting out there with technical assistance to get on the ground and help out, we think a lot more of these dollars are going to reach people where they are. There are some environmental advantages in this work too, aren't there? Yeah, this is a very important part of doing transportation right in the 21st century. Uh, look, it, it turns out that you can't separate environmental issues from transportation decisions. Uh, part of this is why it's so important to go electric. And I don't just mean electric cars, uh, but also helping communities buy buses that run uh, without emissions. And one of the reasons this is so important is that what comes out of those tailpipes, diesel exhaust and, and other fumes, uh, that can directly affect the health of children. We're seeing it around 
ports uh, where often you have communities of color uh, living close to ports and the connections to them uh, and they're breathing polluted air and it means you have higher rates of asthma and other health issues for those children. So getting this right, using these funds to buy cleaner infrastructure uh, isn't just an investment in transportation, it's an investment in health, it's an investment in the future. And of course, with carbon dioxide pollution leading to climate change that's led to a lot of extreme weather events, this is also an investment in making sure our climate is one where our kids and, and their kids can thrive. And ultimately, these infrastructure programs also lead to more jobs and opportunities, don't they? That's right. One of the best parts about this bill is the jobs that it is already creating. You know, long before we see a project totally completed, uh, you know, especially a, a big one that takes years like a tunnel or an airport improvement or a new bridge. Uh, but but uh, right away, we'll see the benefit in terms of, uh, of job creation. And we're emphasizing the need to make sure that everybody benefits from that, from, uh, you know, companies and workers who've been involved in construction for a long time to those who are newer at it. You know, our country has not always done the best job of including workers of color in construction projects, including women in the transportation workforce. Uh, but we can't afford to leave any talent on the table, not this time with this many projects going on. Uh, we have got to make sure, uh, because it's the right thing to do and because it's the only way to get the job done, that we are reaching out and making it possible for everyone to participate in all of this business, all of this activity, all of this work that's been created. What is the timetable. We're just six months in. It's early. But ideally, Mr. Secretary, Secretary Pete, what would you like to see happen? How soon would you like to see people realize a, a very tangible difference in terms of what's being offered with infrastructure? Well, as you look around this summer, you see that construction season beginning, you're going to see more cones and barrels and hard hats and safety vests than you've seen in a long time. So some of that is coming very quickly. Now, the funding overall, uh, ever since the bill has been signed, we, we've had certainty about the funding for the next five years, and uh, the work is going to continue really through this decade. Uh, and, and look, some of these things, I want to be honest, will take a, a, a long time to complete. Uh, you know, this, this is the work of, of years, but some of this work will be underway in Immediately, We're already seeing uh, uh, groundbreaking coming up on projects from uh, Mississippi to the Pacific Northwest uh, that are possible because of the, the, the funding that was provided here. And, and again, if, if it's going to be a little later before some of the projects are going to be done, uh, the, the work, the opportunity, the, the wealth creation from working on them, that's going to happen much sooner. And by much sooner, I mean this year. So can we say historically, we've not seen anything this large and expansive since the building of, of the highways and the highway system? Yeah, that's right. I mean, we haven't seen this much funding for passenger rail since Amtrak was created 50 years ago. We haven't seen this much uh, support for public transit really ever. There's never been an investment at this level federally. And when it comes to the roads and bridges, the last time you saw this much work going on would have been the Eisenhower administration when they set up the interstate highway system in the first place. And importantly, I want to note, we're going to do things a little bit differently this time. Look, uh, setting up the interstate highway system created enormous opportunity in this country. It connected this country. But there were also a lot of decisions that were made in the 1950s, the 1960s about where highways went and how they were built that divided communities as well as connecting them. Uh, you know, we see a, a lot of neighborhoods, often it was uh, black neighborhoods uh, that were either uh, removed completely or split in two to make room for highways. And so we're, we're taking a very intentional approach this time 
of making sure that, that these projects help, not harm. And in the past, where, where you see those past decisions that did cause those problems, we're going to work on that too. We have funding for what we call reconnecting communities. In other words, uh, capping over and stitching together a neighborhood that, that, that was cut up by a highway or creating transit uh, links across areas that have been hard to get uh, uh, to and from. I was in Baltimore recently uh, where they're doing an east-west connector. The mayor told me when he was a kid, it took more than an hour to get to school uh, using the transit that was available them, uh, to, to them then. Uh, we can do something about that, and we are doing something about that with this funding. I, I count that as repair. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Um, this is positive to be focused on and rebuilding the country, creating jobs. These are all the things that will lead to great efficiency, greater safety. I, I saw your comments regarding Buffalo. It, it seems to me these are the types of things that need to be focused on and that um, certain networks, one in particular, ought to be covering and promoting rather than things like replacement theory when you we, we're talking about replacing damaged roads and bridges that's the only replacement theory i would think we need to talk about wouldn't you agree yeah we, we've got to choose what to focus on especially as policymakers, and we need to focus on the things that are going to make people's lives better and make people better off now there are some in the media space and in the political space who are focused on division and uh, i'm not just talking about ordinary partisan disagreement as we have seen in this horrific set of killings in buffalo uh, there is a form of division a form of hatred that is uh, that is literally lethal because of what it can inspire people to do and we could be having a very different conversation right now. One that's not about zero sum, the idea that if, if some people are made better off, then, then others are going to be worse off. Uh, this is about making clear that, that the only future where America, all Americans can thrive uh, is one that, that makes room for everybody, uh, one that recognizes that, that lifting people out of poverty, you know, welcoming people uh, to, uh, to the, the, the life of, uh, of, of this country, empowering people who have been excluded in the past, uh, is only going to make this country stronger. Lastly, um, inflation is on everyone's minds. We know that the, the supply chain has some effect on that. Is that getting better, the supply chain? situation. It is, but, but honestly, we've got a long way to go. Here, here's what we've done that's made it better. We've been working with uh, every piece of the puzzle, the ships, the ports, uh, the, the trains, the trucks, to iron out some of these issues. You know, these are private sector operators, but they do work on public infrastructure. And so we have a role bringing them together, getting them to share data, getting them to uh, uh, try to operate in more fluid and smooth ways. A lot of this has to do with workforce, now, making sure that uh, truck drivers, for example, have good working conditions and are paid well so that they want to stay in that very important job. Uh, and a lot of this is about the long term, making sure that we have the ports and the airports and the, and the rail lines and the highways and bridges of the future so that goods as well as passengers can get to where they need to be. Uh, we're seeing improvements for sure. We're seeing less of those containers that are sitting there in the way at our ports. We're seeing uh, uh, improvements in terms of the availability of, 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 of goods and stores. But uh, this is one of the many reasons why uh, you know America should have been working on this really since the 1980s. We got 
got no time to lose and we're not wasting any time in making these improvements that are going to serve our supply chains and our movement of, of, of people for the long run. And it, the baby formula crisis is a result of a company and its own safety measures, not so much because uh, when that affects the supply chain, when they can't produce and manufacture, they can't get it out. But that's that's a private concern, isn't it? A private company concern. Yeah, you have supply chain issues when you're having trouble moving goods to where they need to be. But if you look at the baby formula issue, which is real, and I got to tell you, very personal to, to us, yeah. as, as yeah. Uh, my, my husband and I have two uh, little kids, nine months old, and we, we depend on formula. We've had trouble finding it, and, and uh, I, you know, if it, it, we, we've figured it out. But if you think about the perspective of a, a mom who's working two jobs, maybe she doesn't have a car uh, and is trying, it doesn't have the time or the money to be going from store to store. This is, this is a real concern. It comes down to a company. Uh, that has an enormous share of the market that wasn't able to guarantee that their plant was safe and that plant had to shut down. Now, the FDA is working closely with that company to make sure that uh, those guarantees can come into place so that it can open up safely uh, so that we see that. And by the way, uh, working with other companies to try to ramp up their production to make up for that shortfall. That's making a difference, uh, but it's going to be uh, some time before uh, all, all of this has worked its way back through the system and we see everything on the shelves where it belongs. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Secretary Pete Buttigieg, the Department of Transportation Secretary, honored to have you as always. Folks, six months into the implementation of Build Back Better and the infrastructure plan, and this is only the beginning, many other great things to come, we are certain. Thank you so much, Secretary Pete. Thank you. Great being with you. Take care. Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. As always, perform an act of kindness on behalf of an elder or young person. Write a letter to a sister or brother who just so happens to find her or himself incarcerated. Offer libations to the ancestors upon whose sturdy shoulders we all now stand. And above all, give thanks to the God of your understanding by whatever name you call her and him. All God asks of us is that we give each other love. Thanks for giving MIP love. And please remember to subscribe and give us a five-star rating. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been made plain.